The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I'm off the plane now three hours. I did not sleep in the last 72 hours. You can see the bags and the bloodshot in my eyes. I had to literally pry the contact lenses off my eyes with screwdrivers just to get them out, to re-wet them and clean them to be able to come in tonight, to be able to see the direction of the camera. And of course, the guys that are here. Rabotai, open your hearts. Let me tell you the story about Gimel Iyar. So two days ago, Tuesday afternoon, and this is why I came in tonight. I have no condition to give a class tonight. But I was Moser Nefesh, because I want you to hear this while it's still fresh in my head. And by the way, this is not the main class yet. This is just the intro. I'm just coming out of it. I got to sit down and do chazara on everything and all the miracles that Hashem did for me on the last 72 hours. But this is just the <gasps> coming out of the water and taking that first breath of inspiration. And then we'll break it down as the coming weeks come at us. Who knows what lays in store after this week? You wake up in the morning and you have no idea where your world is going. And that, to me, was Tuesday this past week. Two days ago. Tuesday afternoon, everything was regular, normal, hunky-dory. I gave the shiur be'ayun in the morning to the guys. I went back home. I started to prepare the Tuesday night class. That never happened. And now you'll hear why. I call Eretz Yisrael. And I call a great tzaddik, a tzaddik that I became very close to only recently. Reb Shmuel, he's the Rosh HaMikubalim. He's from the Lamed Vav Tzaddikim of the north of Tzvat. And I get on the phone with Reb Shmuel. And I say, Reb Shmuel, I know someone in the family that just got a very disturbing report from the doctors. Please. This person needs a blessing. Reb Shmuel says, Give a beracha, that Bezat Hashem will be fine. I said, Reb Shmuel, it's not the buha that I came to you for. I want a little bit something stronger. What should we do? Should we take upon ourselves something? Should we dive? What should we do? He said to me, You want to do something about it? I said, Yeah. Then get on a plane and go to Budapest. I said, well, Budapest? Where's Budapest? He says, Ungaria, Hungary. Hungary? No, <laughs> come on. I said, what's in Hungary? He said, you don't know who's buried in Budapest. You don't know who's buried in Hungary. I said, no. The great Rabbi Shaila ben Ramoshe. Rabbi Shaila Kestir. The great Rabbi Shailami Kestir. He's buried in Budapest. He's the great Bal Yeshuot, Bal Mofet. He says, if you go there and daven, all your tefillot will be answered. All the Yeshuot that you're looking for. All the Yeshuot that people call you and ask you and ask to pray for. That's the place to go for Yeshuot. I said, wow. Then he started to make me promises, which this rabbi never does. And he says, if you go to Rabbi Shaila, on the yard site, on Thursday. Thursday? This week is the yard site? He said, yes! He says, when you go to Rabbi Shaila, you'll see Yeshuot at any time. But if you go this Thursday, on the yard site, where Rabbi Shaila is there on the kever, he says, you have no idea what you're going to see. He said, anything you ask for is cash. Bamakom, it's answered. I said, wow, 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 I don't know what hit me. I said, I don't understand. He says, let me explain to you. It sounded like this. He was put into this world to be a conduit to bring Yeshua up to Klal Yisrael. And in the last year and a half due to COVID, 
not too many people were able to go to him. And because of that, Rabbi Yishayla, on this coming yard site, is like a pregnant woman who's overdue. He has so much to deliver over so much time. Anyone that shows up, anyone that davens, anyone that requests, the Yeshuot will flow like water. I said, wow, this is, this is too much. This is unbelievable. I said, okay, but uh, it's Tuesday afternoon. How in the world am I going to make it to Budapest by Wednesday night? Budapest. Who in the world heard of... I mean, I have a better shot at going to Morocco. Budapest. He says, Go! You're on the invite list of Rabbi Yishayla. I said, there's an invite list? I didn't get an email. Nothing. He says, Go. I said, uh, okay, well, I don't know what to do. I hung up the phone. And I called my good friend, Teddy Sraw. I said, Teddy, your brother-in-law, he's a great guy, but he's a guy that, uh, he makes things happen. Let's just put it like that. Lee Cohen, good old friend of mine. I said, get Lee on the phone now. We're going to Budapest. He said, Buddha who? So now Buddha, Budapest, Hungary, Rabbi Shaila, Mikristir, Karistir. He said, who is that? I said, I'll tell you on the plane. <laughs> what am I going to tell the guy? I said, but we're going to Rabbi Shaila. He said, okay. Rabbi, if you said we're going, we're going. He calls up Lee. Lee says, are you joking? I've been trying for two weeks to go to Ramshayla this coming Thursday on the yard site. You're calling me? What? Tuesday afternoon? We, we got to be there Wednesday night? I've been working on this for two weeks. I can't get there. They were supposed to charter a plane and then the charter fell through and then they were supposed to charter a second plane and the plane fell through and there was supposed to be a direct flight and once upon a time before COVID, the Russian airline, uh, what's the name of the place? The Russians. No, Ukraine? No, not Ukraine. The, uh, the other one. Lufthansa? No, anyways, it doesn't matter. One of the Russian airlines had a direct flight from, uh, from, uh, from JFK, direct to Budapest. He says, but because of COVID, no more direct flights. He says, I've been trying for over two weeks. You're calling me now in the bottom of the ninth inning of the game and you're telling me, let's go. We want you guys for two weeks. I've been working on this for two weeks. I said, listen, Lee, the rabbi said that I'm on the invite list. And if I'm calling you, I'm extending the invitation. You want to go? He says, of course I want to go. I just, I tried everything. There's no way to go. I said, do you want to go? He says, I want to go. I said, good. Try one more time. The rabbi's on our side. I said, okay, I'll try again. And he literally laughed me off the phone and hung up. I went, I took an oil candle and I lit the oil. Leilunishmat, Reb Shaila ben Ramesha Mikaristir. I said, Heliga Rabbi Shaila, I only heard about you now. I did not know about you before. But I do want to say that from what I just heard, It'll be a tremendous honor. It'll be an opportunity to daven for the Yeshuot of so many people who need. Please, if I'm really on your invite list, open the doors for me now. I want to come to you. Help. That was it. I lit the oil candle. 20 minutes later, I get a call back. Rabbi, you're not going to believe this. The lady that's in charge for the permit of entry to Budapest. I just got on the phone. I've been trying to get through that for two weeks. I just got her on the phone. I said, what? What'd she say? She says, we have a chance. I called another good friend of mine. One of my old Talmudin, one of my closest friends. Maya Asafti, your father-in-law. Shem should bless him. He's a pro in this area. He's on first name basis. 
with all the tzaddikim in Europe. He has a whole... I said, Meyer, I need a hand. I got to go to Rabbi Shaila. He says, you want to go to Rabbi Shaila? I said, yeah. He says, you know, the yard site's tomorrow night. I said, I know, but I'm on the invite list. He said, oh, you're on the invite. If that's the case, then don't worry. Let me see. Let me work on it. Did I know that there was a permit? You need a special permit to enter the country of Budapest. You need a COVID test to be able to enter any country outside of the United States. And being that there's no direct flights, even if you're going through a country just as a stopover for an hour or two, they won't let you in or out for that matter. I don't know what they do with you if you don't have the COVID test. So I had to run to Dr. Fariwa. <laughs> and I said, I need a quickie. And they said, which one? You need a, no, 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 not that one. I need the overnight one. That's not really overnight. It's Ke'ilu overnight because it starts before midnight and then it ends 10 minutes later. I need the overnight one so that I can show that I have a negative COVID test. And please make sure it's negative. I have a negative COVID test within the 24, 48 hours of your flight. So you believe this? I got this call this after, that afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, from the, from, from the Mukubal, from the Tzaddik. He tells me we're on the invite list, we must go. He made all types of promises that if we do go, you're going to see Vada Yeshuot, because from Shiloh wasn't visited in almost a year and a half from people due to COVID, so he's overdue. Whatever that means. Could you explain to me what this means? I don't even know what those words mean. I'm repeating to you blow by blow. Wait, we get warm. We're not even there yet. We didn't get on a plane yet. We're just trying to get to the plane. But we need an entry permit. We need COVID tests. And then we need tickets. Now, once that charter fell through, the whole world had to revert back to regular tickets. So suddenly all the seats on all these connecting flights going to Europe were being filled up like popcorn. Pop, pop, pop. They were going in minutes. In minutes. And what type of flights am I talking about, Rabotai? Listen to the flights I'm talking about. I'm talking about flights that the stopover is not an hour, two hours, you know. Anachno, Americans, we are so mifunak, it's unbelievable. When we hear of a, a layover, a stopover for more than two hours, two and a half hours, that's it. Why are you crazy? Why are you joking? Why? I'm going to have to stop paying rent in that country. You're crazy. What do you mean? What are you talking? Two and a half hours? We were looking at layovers between seven to nine hours. And there was nothing else available. What are you going to do in Amsterdam for seven to nine hours? So Lee said, like any good SY, let's go get a hotel room. We'll take a shower, freshen up. Clean up a little bit. You know. I said, Lee, it's a great idea. The only problem is we need to get to the yard site. We need to get to the rabbi Wednesday night. If you're going to start with these uh, 10 hour layovers, you're going to end up coming to the, uh, to the yard site when it's basically, uh, I mean, well, what do you, you, you do? So we had no tickets. But at least we had the lady working with us for the entry permit to Hungary. So anyone out there who's hungry enough for this, you need an entry ticket. A special permit to be invited by the government of Hungary to be allowed to enter their country. Besides all the other, it's like a special visa for the occasion. Why? Because the country, Hungary, was closed to all foreigners up until Monday of this past week. This past week, Monday, three days before Reb Shaila's yard site, they opened the country to foreigners. Talking about coincidences. <laughs> Two hours later, Lee calls me and says, you're not gonna believe it. We just paid for all the permits. They just emailed it over. It's a barcode. You show it to them in the airport, they zap it, it goes straight to the Hungarian government, 
and you're confirmed. I said, Baruch Hashem, we got the first hurdle out of the way. Okay, what about the COVID test? Dr. Fariwa, we come to Dr. Fariwa, we took the, permit the COVID test, come back in tomorrow morning, we get the piece of paper, Baruch Hashem was negative, so far go so good. Check number two. But we need tickets that are going to get us there on time. Maya calls me back after night Seder Tuesday on uh, on when was it? Late Tuesday, I think. I don't even remember any more days. And he says, "My travel agent got you tickets." I said, "Really? Uh, how long is the stay? The, the layover?" 22 hours? 32 hours? How many hours? He says, no. Two and a half hours. Get out of here! From where? From what? He says, he found KLM, just added a flight 10 minutes ago. He grabbed you three seats. He's holding a few guys to send over the money. No problem. Lee, Meyer just got us three seats on a flight that didn't exist 10 minutes ago, but just went up on the queue. KLM is running on this one. Get a hold of Meyer. I'm going into Night Seder. I come out of Night Seder. Booked. What time is the flight? 10 o'clock. Oh my gosh. I said, uh, so we got to go. So we have the flights. We have the COVID tests. We have the permits entry to. We run out to the airport. We make the flight. Bar Hashem, Bar Hashem, Bar Hashem. Unbelievable. We get on the flight. Shamaim, I'm telling you, this was, uh, I, I couldn't believe I was sitting on that flight. Do you know what it is to wake up in the morning not ever even imagining that you'd be getting onto a plane going across half the world and then suddenly the chain of events that day, Borei Olam has a completely different plan for you. But boy was this Vatsat Hashemitaku. The next morning we wake up in Amsterdam. Ah, what do I know from Amsterdam? From Naftali me Amsterdam. That's all I know. From learning, I know about Amsterdam. Geograph geographically, I know nothing. I know a little bit about what happened there in World War II with the Nazis, Yamach Shema. But what, what do we know? We came into Amsterdam, Rabotai. And we're going now for a two and a half hour spread to get onto the second flight in order to go out to Budapest, to Hungary, where Rabshayel is buried. We come in there to Amsterdam and you could feel the hatred of Europe. Bliain Harad was a big Hasidish Shailam with us. So it wasn't like three guys walking around in Yankee caps. They knew who we were. <laughs> they knew we were here. <laughs> Every time we turned the corner in the airport, everyone stopped and looked. And it went quiet. And it was like, we're on the way to Rabbi Shaila, people. It's unbelievable. We finally made it through that airport. It's amazing to me. One side of the airport is considered one part of Europe. The other side of the airport is part of the EU, a different part of Europe. So you have to go to passport control through one side of the airport to the other side of the airport in order to pick up our connecting flight. We're on this line for an hour thinking, are we gonna even make it to the connecting flight? You walk through the passport and they say, welcome to Europe. I, I thought I was in Europe, this is amazing. Step by step, Bore Olam was testing our emuna. are we gonna make it? And every time another monkey wrench threw in, at the last minute, the door opened. And every time we thought we were, we were stuck, and there's no way this is going to happen, and at the last second, a door opened. And I'm sitting there closing my eyes, Enoid Milvado, Enoid Milvado, Enoid Milvado, Vizchut Rabbi Shaila Ben Ramayshe, Enoid Milvado, I'm on the invite list, for heaven's sake, let me through. Please, let me through. Pitchuli, Sharei Tzedek, Avov Am, Odeya, Zeashem Hashem, let me through. We finally make it to the gate. I run up because we didn't have our boarding passes for the second flight yet. They give it to you as you enter the second plane, the second leg of the trip. 
And I woke up with Lee and Teddy to the lady and I said, So, do you guys have us sitting together? And the lady looks at our passports and says, You don't have seats. I said, What do you mean we don't have seats? I'm on the invite list of Rib Shiloh. Seats? <laughs> I'm going first class. You don't tell me about seats, young lady. Now, go check your fancy computer and find our seats. Sir, with a European accent, sir, you don't have seats. I said, what do you mean we don't have seats? Of course we have seats. He says, no, you were placed on the waiting list on the standby for the connecting flight. What are you talking about, Willis? What, you, what, what did you just say? Standby? Who put us on standby? We, we, we paid for these tickets. I'm on I'm a waiting list. I'm on the invite list. I looked at the lady. There got to be a mistake. She says, no, there's no mistake. And the truth of the matter is, our computers are very slow today. I said, I know. Very slow. So slow that it didn't even get the memo yet from yesterday when we were on the standby to, to today's reservations. But you go TikTok another time, you're going to find that not only do we have seats, but we were probably even upgraded. She says, sir, this flight is an all economy flight. I said, I know, <laughs> but you'll see, we're going to be sitting with the pilot in the cockpit because Rabbi Yishayel is waiting for us and we're not moving on our emunam bitachon. She says, sir, I'm sorry, you're on the standby. We don't know if you're going to make this flight. So one of the guys says, so um, what happens if, God forbid, we don't make this flight? When's the next flight out? She said, well, the next flight is tonight at 11 p.m. That was the flight we were looking at originally, the nine-hour layover, the one that we thought we got around, only to find out we're on standby. The guy started panicking. I said, guys, 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 I want to teach you something. Lee, listen to me well. Hashem doesn't abandon you in the seventh inning. Remember that part. Hashem doesn't abandon you in the seventh inning. If he brought us this far, he's not dropping us in Amsterdam. He brought us to miracles up until this point. Come on. Yesterday morning when you woke up, did you even imagine, did, did you fathom that you would be on the other side of the world in less than 24 hours? My friend, we're in Amsterdam. You thought you were going to be in Borough Park this afternoon. We're in Amsterdam. What Borough Park? In Amsterdam. If he brought us this far, Hashem does not drop you in the seventh inning of the game. Okay, Rabbi. I go to the side. I sit down. And I close my eyes. And I say, Rukhayim Velozhina was known to say over the great Sigula. The famous Maisa with the Briskarov on the train with the Nazis. You close your eyes. And believe me, when I was sitting in Amsterdam, I saw these skinheads walk by. I saw these guys, Shema Israel, what's living out there in some of these European countries. And I don't know, uh, maybe I'm a fool. Could be. I'm not the guy that goes with the baseball cap. I'm not that guy. I'm, I don't know, maybe I was born with too much pride to be a Yid. But my pride as a Jew... I'm just not the guy that's hiding, you know, I'm, I'm just not that guy. I did hear, I did hear that in Budapest, it's 30 degrees. I didn't know this. So when I left America, I left with just my sports jacket, not knowing I need to bring a coat. They told me it's going to be 30 degrees. So in the airport, I went and picked up a sweatshirt that says, I love New York, because that was the only such sweatshirt that they sold. But what else am I going to get? What else am I going to get? It's 30 degrees. I thought to myself, I'm coming to Rabbi Shaila, I love New York, but what am I going to do? It's 30 degrees, and in Europe it can get cold. But to put it under my coat, under my jacket, and I have the hoodie, just in case I need for my ears, because my ears are, you know, get cold, and, and that was it. I go to the site, I sit down, I close my eyes, I decided we're going to do this gula of Ruchayim Velazhina. Einot Muvado. What does that mean? Duvi, what does that mean? I start talking to myself. What does that mean? It means that there's no one else but Hashem. 
hey, what does that mean? That I, the only that, that Hashem is one? No, that's not what it means. It means that Hashem is the only one. There's a big difference. It's not that Hashem is one instead of two. Hashem is the only one. No one else exists. Nothing else exists but Boreola. Say that again. Enod Novato. Nochamo, say it again, Dovi. Enod Novato. Just then, I hear in the back of my head, they're starting to announce, boarding for the next flight, KLM to Budapest. That's our flight. Mafi seats. We don't have any seats. We're still on standby. And they're not calling us. Nachamo, doesn't matter. They're not in charge. Hashem is in charge. Come on, let's do this again. Everybody Shalem, I believe that you are not going to drop us in the seventh inning of the game. That you brought us this far. You put me on Reb Shaila's list. You gave me the invite to the great Reb Shaila Mikreristir. If you brought me this far, you're going to get me on this flight. Abba, Ani lo I can't save myself now in this situation. Aval ata kol You can do anything. And if you want to get me on this flight, en od milavado. Again, en od milavado. Again. All of a sudden I hear they announce, ladies and gentlemen, please bear with us. We have to stall the boarding for another few minutes because our computers are down. Now their computers are down legamre. I said, oh, that's it. That's it. The computers are down. So even when our reservation would have come up, but when the computer no longer is working, there's no way for them to change their mind from what they told us to a situation that would benefit us. I started making cheshbonot of how things should work. Then I stopped and said, wait, wait, wait. You're telling Bore Olam? Had to get you on this flight? Well, you understood that the computers going down was a sign that things got worse? You just told Boreolam, Ani lo yachol. And you're making cheshbonot telling him how to save you? Go back to, uh, go back to your Ani lo yachol. And let him be the kol yachol. Okay, Nacham, let's do this again. From the top. From the top. Let's do it right this time, for heaven's sake. Abba! Ani lo yachol. I cannot help myself in this situation. Yeah, computers, no computers, makes no difference. Ata kol You are completely in charge. Makes no difference if they have computers or not. Ani somech alecha. Ani boteach becha. Rak alecha. No one else. Not this lady behind the counter. Not BLM, not KLM. I'm not somech on anyone but you. At that point, they were the same. I'm not so mech on anyone but you. You want to get me on that flight? The Rebbein doesn't drop you in the seventh inning of the game. You brought me this far. You're going to bring me all the way to Karastir. I know it. Rib Shaila has me on the invite list. We're going to make this. Enon milvado. Nachamon. Enon milvado. Enon milvado. All of a sudden, ding dong. With the passenger, David Bensousen. Teddy Srar, they couldn't say Srar. Teddy Srar and Lee Cohen come up to the front gate. I said to myself, is that a bako? Because <laughs> I was so deep into my Enod Milvado, when you hear that voice call your name, it's like, I'm too young! And then Lee says, Rabbi, Rabbi, they called us up to the front desk. I said to myself, thank you. I jumped up, we ran up to the front desk. She says to us, listen, our computer is down, so we no longer have access to a waiting list. We don't know who's in the front. We don't know who's in the back of this waiting list. You guys, we know at least are on the waiting list. So three seats just open. We're putting you in. Now, guys, listen to this. Look at the Abishta. She pulls out. I'm telling you, Baruch Hashem, I have witnesses on this. They would never believe me. Eh, Rabbi Duvi stories. She pulls out a blank piece of paper. Her computer is down. She can't have it. She doesn't have a printer. She pulls out a blank piece of paper. She takes her pen and writes, Ben Susan, 
32A. This is your boarding pass. I said, the Abish is laughing at all of them now. There isn't even anything to scan. It's the Munkacher's uh, passport. You know that famous Kalbach? The Munkacher's passport? How the, the Munkacher Rebbe cried on a piece of paper and it opened the borders for all of the people who needed? This was the Munkacher passport. It was built. It was written through the ink of N. Od Milavado. She writes out Ben Susan 34 A, B, D, whatever it was. She writes out Teddy Srar. 34B, Lee, 34A. She hands us the papers, blank papers. I was laughing. I was laughing because Borelam was saying, you thought that when the computers went down, you were in a worse situation? Didn't you say, Ata lo yacho? Can't you at least stick to your own script? Can't you at least hold to your own preach? I put those computers down to get you on the flight. They don't have a record of the list anymore of the waiting list. They don't know who's waiting, who's standby, and who's not. So they put us on. Rabotai, not only did they put us on, but because they called for the boarding before this fiasco, Everyone was standing by boarding, waiting to get on the plane. When she handed us these three ridiculous handwritten pieces of paper, she opens the door by the counter and says, come inside, I need to walk you through because there's no, there's no, uh, there's no thing on it. So she walked us through. You ever see those guys going to first class that they have some flight attendant walk them through security? We were on standby. Says Bode Olam, I can take you from standby to first class in a matter of a moment. I'm the one that opens the doors. I'm the one that paves the way. I'm the one that gave you that bogus boarding pass. And I'm the one that's going to walk you straight up to the plane. She opens the door. And there is nothing to scan. So she had to walk us through. We were the, not the last three of standby. We were the first three on the plane of leg number two. We sit down, we look at each other, we burst out laughing. And I started singing. Reb Yishai Eleben I don't know the song yet. I'm still working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I only heard it that night 97 times, but I'm still working on it. Beautiful song. I almost started crying when I heard the song. I'm still working on the tune. But I started singing it. Off tune, of course. But I started singing it. I wasn't the Levine that sings in the Bet Amikdash. We were the ones that held out on. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. I hope so. The guys that couldn't sing, they gave him to hold the out on. We're sitting on the second leg of the flight. We're looking at each other. We can't believe this is happening. It's one nest after the next nest. But every leg of this trip was with the test of emunah on every step of the way. You want to go? Let me see you earn it. Let me see where you're holding. If you're holding by it and you're mamin, I'll get you there. But if you're not, then you don't belong on the invite list. I started the chap. The qualifications for this invite list has nothing to do with a bank account. It has nothing to do with anything but where the emunam bitachon of the mensch is holding. If you want to go, b'makom she'rotze lalechet molichim oto. B'derech she'adam rotze lelech molichim oto. But show me you want it. Show me you believe. And I'll open up the doors for you. Yesterday morning you woke up, you didn't think you were going to go further than Ocean Parkway and Avenue Z. The next day you woke up in Amsterdam and you were told that you're on a standby list, but I gave you the Munkacha passport and now I'm sending you out to Budapest. And we were the first three guys on the flight. Two hours later, we land in Budapest. Budapest is not Amsterdam. 
Amsterdam is a little bit more advanced, second world country, Budapest is minus three, I would say. When we walked into that airport, we already understood, as we heard the sheeps and the goat, as we walked by, bah, welcome to Budapest. There were people sitting by tables with pens. That was passport control. It looked like a little school with desks and tables. And they said, where's your permit to enter Budapest? I woke up to the guy, I handed my permit. He says to me, where's the other half of the permit? I just passed the standby gig. That wasn't easy. But we passed it by the skin of our teeth. He gave me a chance to sit down and say, until I finally started to feel it. And that's when you drop their entire computer system. But what am I going to do now with this guy? This Hungarian guy, what am I going to do with him? So I looked at the guy and I said, I'll be honest with you. That's what the lady from Budapest emailed us. That was the attachment. I printed it out. He said, show it to me on your phone. <laughs> I pull out my kosher flip phone. He says, that's the phone that you... I said, no. It was off of Teddy's phone. That's where, that's where, off of Lee's phone. They have fancy phones. He says to me, why do you have this phone? I said, this is a kosher phone. He says, what's kosher about the phone? I said, there's no email. There's no texting. There's no social media. He says, that's very interesting. You mean people need to talk to you? I said, I need to talk to people. People need to talk to me. He says, very interesting. He looks down at the paper and he starts writing. And he's writing. This guy's writing a Megillah. And I'm thinking to myself, what is he writing? Send him to jail, you know. <laughs> what is he writing? You know, he doesn't have his paperwork. And meanwhile, every stop we make on this trip, they pile on you another layer of paperwork. The time we were done this trip, we came home with a file cabinet of papers. It's unbelievable. You don't know what it is to travel today. In Europe, you don't know what it is to travel. Permits, PRC tests, uh, antibody tests, vaccine tests. Everyone's asking you for something else. And you need this document for entry, for exiting. for, And you don't know a thing. You're walking in the dark and Borea Olam is laughing. You thought it was you? That all these years just went from country to country freely, entered one and exited the other with your passport? That was me, says Borelma. I allowed you entry and I exited you. But now I'm going to show you that you need me on every entry and every exit. And every entry and every exit of this trip came with a new chidush of things we never heard of, lo shama'anu, lo ra'inu, until we got there, which is the scariest thing. You never know what the next leg of this trip is going to lead to. The guy checks off what he checked off. He scans the barcode on the front of the page. He claims there was supposed to be another three on the back that was never printed. And he hands it back to me and he says to me, enjoy your pilgrimage. That was the longest English word I got out of this guy. Everything else he hardly was able to say. But pilgrimage he got. To me that was Rabbi Shaila's wink. Enjoy your pilgrimage. I took that paper. I got out of there so fast. Lee and Teddy were right behind me. We ran outside. We dive in Mincha with the Hevra. We had a minyan of 50 guys behind her. And then we went and picked up the car, and we're about to drive now to Kerestir. It's a two-hour drive. So I said to myself, hey, it's 6.15 in the afternoon. The yard side is starting that night. We're still pinching ourselves, not believing that we're in Budapest. On the day before, we woke up in Brooklyn thinking that, you know, we're going to take a stroll on Ocean Parkway. But Hashem put us here. Hashem put us here. Hashem put us here. The amazing vart. A beautiful vart. Ve'ahavtat Hashem elokecha parashat ve'et chanan. 
Parashat Vet Hanan, says the Karliner, the Karliner Rebbe, the Karliner, says Rashi over there, Al Tachlok Alamakom. Don't be cholek on Hashem. Don't have tainus on Hashem. Don't ask Hashem why. You know the way you show the Ahavtad. Love for God is accepting everything He brings to you as the best for you. Al tachlok alamakom. Don't argue on Hashem. Accept everything He does as your best. Says the Karliner, you know. It's interesting, Rashi could have said, Al tachlok al Hashem. Al tachlok al kudsha berichu. Al tachlok al yotzrecha. No, he says, al tachlok al hamakom. Which is another way of saying Hashem. He said, why did Rashi decide to use the word makom to describe Hashem? And not Hashem. Or not uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Or many other ways of describing Hashem. He says, because sometimes in life, Hashem puts you in a place that you don't have a clue how you got there. Don't be chaylik on the makom that I put you. I put you there. Don't be chaylik on Hashem in the makom that He placed you. Abba, you put me in Budapest. Then I'm here because you put me here. And if you brought me this far, we're going to make it to Kerastir. We rented a car from 6th. <laughs> we had no idea where we were going. One guy had Google Maps. The other guy had Waze. We had a machok at Rishonim between Google Maps and Waze. How exactly to make it to Kerastir? I'm thinking to myself, so I pulled out my iPad and put on the ways. And we started to find our way through the countryside. It started getting dark, but we were in a rush. Because we have all night by the kever. Two hours to get there. We'll get there at 8.30. Mamish, the beginning of the night, perfect. We'll go to the, the house of the famous Rabbi Shaila. We'll spend the first leg of the night by the big se'uda that they make on the yard site that's supposed to be able to feed thousands because that's what Reb Shaila was all about. Reb Shaila was the Ish HaChesed, the Amur HaGadol of Chesed, of the generation. He fed Anim, he fed everyone. He was known for his Motzei Shabbat. He would have hundreds of Anim. He would slaughter animals. He would shech chickens. There was nothing that he would hold back for the Anim. And anytime people came to him, he fed them. This was an unbelievable experience. We'll come to the house of the Rav. We'll have the big Seuda al derech Reb Shailamikeristir. And then from there we'll make our way up. We'll go up to the kever and spend the whole night davening, saying the whole Tehilim, crying out with the masses, asking myself, am I going to get close to the, to the kever? You know, when you travel that far, that many hours, and you finally make it to the kever on the yard site, and you know that the neshama of the tzaddik comes down on the yard site and sits on the kever. You want to try to get as close as you can. It's a normal human wanting. I'm thinking to myself, will we get close enough? Ah, we drive up to Karastir. We pull into Karastir. It's already dark. And they send us off to a side parking lot. And they tell us, you can't drive up to the Kever. You can only go this far. Come out, enjoy the meal. And then you'll get into a shuttle. And they shuttle you up to the kever with everybody else. So we parked the car and we're walking out to the house of the Rav. And the, 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 the shomrim that are there, the guys in charge from our kevra, they said, quick, quick, grab something schnell. Quick, quick, grab something to eat and jump on the shuttle. I said, well, what, what, what's, what's the quick, quick? We have all night. He says, no, you didn't hear? I said, hear what? You don't know that in Hungary, there's a lockdown tonight? I said, what? What are you talking about? He said, there's a lockdown tonight. And then another guy walks by me in Hebrew says, Yes, Seger, yalla, chevre, maher, maher. I said, is a Seger, me is a shaot. 
He says, I said, what? It's almost nine o'clock. I came here 19 hours to David for an hour. The guy tells me, the American guy tells me, you have no choice. Because if they catch you here, this is in America. These guys are ruthless. And they see Americans, they're going to wipe you out for every dollar you have. They're going to start giving you tickets. They're going to take your passport away. They might even, God forbid, arrest you. When they say that they have a lockdown, that you caught, you're found in the street, you're finished. They don't care what country you're from. He says, get in quick, grab something to eat, jump on the shuttle, at least get an hour by the kever. 10 o'clock, the kever is locked down. We're throwing out everybody because the police already told us that they're coming up tonight to the kever. And if they find one Jew by the kever after 10 o'clock, they're arresting him. I'm looking at them. And I'm saying, I don't get it. We came this far. Then I stopped. Wait one second. One second. Didn't I hear this song before? It's like the song that never ends. From the minute I got this phone call that I made the call to the Mekubal the day before to even hear about this idea in the first place, to find myself the next day on the other side of the world in Kerastir, after two flights through Amsterdam, and the next leg again, here it is, Here's the Nisayon. You have an hour to Davin. Yes, you came 19 hours, says Bore Olam, and I put you here for an hour to Davin. And if it's going to be an hour, so be it. And if it's going to be all night, so be it. I put you here, and what is your question? Al Tachlok al Makom. said, Abba, you're leading the way. I'm just following, holding your hand with my eyes closed, Nasev and Ishma. Okay, if that's what it is, that's what it is. We ran inside. We hopped a little piece of kugel. Came running outside, jumped on the shuttle. Up to the kever we went. We come into the kever at 9.15. It was mobbed. But I want to tell you something. I was so impressed with the shomrim. The guys that were in charge, wearing the Rabbi Shaila jackets. They were the security, the Jewish security, in, in charge of the kevin. They did something so smart. I've never seen this done before. And if, and if they could do this by the Rajbi one day, this would be awesome. But listen to what they did. So smart. They took these metal police fences and they set them up on the inside of the kever, around the kever itself, giving you only a very narrow walking lane to make your way between the kever and the metal fence like a path walking around the kever. Now, all the people that came to Davin Tehillim that whole night that are standing and davening, everyone was placed beyond those fences. But when you first come in, they allow you to enter the kever and walk through this narrow path, which is between the kever and the metal gates, so that you actually walk in and shake Reb Shaila's hand. Beautiful idea, whoever came up with this. Kol HaKavot, Shem should bless you. Million pa'amim. What a push that was for us. We walk inside, we see the crowds of people, but we see an easy pass lane. And we looked at the guy, and the guy says, go ahead, walk up to the kever. Give shalom to Reb Shaila. And we're looking at him like, hey, hey, you, we, you, we can do it. Says, go ahead. We walked down that lane. I'm telling you, I walked in there. I started crying. I don't even know why. I walked up to the kever. I walked up to the to, to, to the matzeva, and I'm running my hands over Yeshayla ben Reb Moshe, and I'm holding the stone on the yard site. And I started crying, Rabbi Yishayla, we came from the other side of the world. Thank you for inviting me. We went through miracles just to get here. And I started pouring my heart out. But you only get 30 seconds or so there. There's always the next guy that's, that's elbowing you. You know, no, no, shine, shine, no, shine, shine. And then they're right. They're right. It's, I was so overwhelmed with, with emotion at that minute. I couldn't believe to get so close so quick. I finished what I said, and I came around, and everybody came around, 
And I said, ah, I need more. I'm going back on the line for doubles. I went outside the cavern, came back in that door, and I stood there and went right down the lane again, right up to the cavern. I hugged the cavern. I started davening and crying for all the people and all the Yeshuaot and everything that everyone sent me for, and the family and my wife and my children and myself and the shul and Klal Yisrael and the Torah Center and everything that I was coming to beg for. And then I got the elbow. No, 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 shine, shine, shine. And I pushed off and I came around again. I felt like dopey in Snow White. I kept going around again and again and again. Till finally I said, okay, I got to daven. I got to daven. I got to say the tale of now. So I made my way on the other side of those fences. Along with Klal Yisrael, everyone who was there. I started down. I said, Dovi, listen to me. You got 20 minutes left. It's 20 to 10. 20 minutes. Pull your heart out of the tail of You already shook Rav Shaila's hand. You already told him, more or less, bullet points, what, what you're here for. Now, Davin, the tail of I started davening, I'm telling you. But then I started realizing, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the tail of there's a crowd of 500 people. Nobody's going nowhere. I said to myself, Come 10 o'clock and let it go. They're going to come down here. They're going to take all of us. They're going to, what, they're going to arrest everybody? No. At least I have what to tell my wife. <laughs> See, the, the trick is, <laughs> if you're the only one arrested, oh, you're going to get it. Oh, you're going to hear from how come it's always my husband. But if 500 people were arrested... It's not me, it's anti-Semitism. <laughs> it's, it's a clully as the Kazakh. It's not me. I said, that's it. I started to tell him. After every 10 prakim, I cried out more tefillot, more yeshuot. Another 10 prakim, another 10 prakim, crying out tefillot and yeshuot. 10 o'clock comes. And the shamrim walk in and they scream. The Lester shuttle. The last shuttle is leaving. They said everything in Yiddish first. The last shuttle. Fort Zurich. The last shuttle is leaving. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? But nobody in the room moved. We're here for Rabbi Yishayla. We were put on the invite list. We didn't come for an hour. Hey, mister, you brought us here. You're not going to let us go in the seventh inning or the eighth inning and definitely not the ninth inning. And we're here and we're here to stay. I'm saying this to Hillam. I'm saying, let them come. Let them arrest us. I'm saying this to Hillam. Let them come. Rabbi Shaila is with us. We have no issue. You know, Rabbi Shaila was famous for saying when it came to Goyim, either they bow down or they lay down. Oh, what a line. Woo-hoo. Let, the, let, let them come. Let them either bow down or let them lay down. But they're not touching us tonight. Not on the night of the yard site. And I started to dive in my heart out. And I'm telling you, I look back for a minute and my friend Lee Cohen is a Kohen. He was in the Kohanim section. They have the greatest Kohanim section. It's this little booth. It's like one of those VIP booths behind the glass that kind of hangs in by the, uh, by the kever, but not too close, but just close enough. And the Kohanim are up against the glass and they're davening, eyes length straight into the kever. It was beautiful. And I see Lee's up there crying. He's bawling. He's connecting with the tzaddik. And then behind the people, I see my other buddy, Teddy Sroh. He's shaking away, davening. I said, Teddy, get up here. Come closer to the Tzion. Come closer to the Kever. And he comes, he makes his way up. I push him to the middle, right in front of the stone. Teddy Davin. 10.30, 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, the Shemrim, all the Jewish guys in charge by Reb Shaila, they screamed, Rabbi Sai, we're leaving. We're not even staying to protect you anymore. That's it. We're out. We're going down. You're on your own. Nobody moved. <laughs> Nobody moved. It's unbelievable. Paul Yisrael. 
We're here for Rabbi Shaila. We have Amunah that if we made it here, we're good. They left. The Shemrim left. At that minute, one Chassid Shayid, who was standing right up against the kever of Rabbi Shaila, right up against the tombstone, he reaches back into the crowd and he grabs my shoulder. And he shakes me. And he says to me, Rabbi Ben Shushan. I said, yeah? He said, come up here to the front. I want you to stand here by the kever and daven for Klal Yisrael. I know if I get you up here, we'll hear about it in future weeks. <laughs> I jumped that fence so fast. I got up to the other side because they closed up that lane because the Shimon left. I had the opportunity to hug Mamish the tombstone for 15 minutes and cry my heart out and run my tears over the name on the stone, Yeshayla ben Reb And I put my hands on his name and Mamish, I'm telling you, I was talking to Rabbi Yeshayla. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for, for the, the, the schuyot, opening the doors. Thank you, Rebbeinish Borei Olam, for the makom that you brought us to, for the chesed you did with us, for the opportunity that you gave us to daven here in such an amazing place. And thank you for the opportunity you gave us to strengthen our bitachon in the yeshuot that you bring us. When we go to a kever, we're not davening to the tzaddik. We're davening to Hashem in the merit, in the schus, in the merit of this great tzaddik, Rabbi Shaila ben Ramosh Mikaristir. And how many schuyot he had. And how much he did for Klal Yisrael. And how many Yeshuot he was able to be po'el in Shamaim for those like us unworthy in his zichut, on his cheshbit, on his bank account. He had that checkbook that he was able to toy for people. Unbelievable Yeshuot. We stood there and cried over the stone for hours. And as time went on, people were getting more and more nervous. And people were leaving. It comes 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. The place was half. There was about 100 guys now. We literally had the makam to ourselves. Everyone now was just around the kever. Everyone was running kvitlach and throwing it on the inside of the kever. Everyone was talking to Rabbi Shaila. And every 5-10 minutes, different tikkunim were being done. And there was a chazan in the middle that had everyone doing certain tikkunim together. And they stopped at certain points and the whole crowd screamed on the top of their lungs, Hashem, 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 and they would do it again and again and a Kaddish and a Menyesh Merabah. And everyone was singing it together and they started singing Reb Shaila's song at one o'clock in the morning. I guess it was that, that time of night. They were singing already the song and they were finishing the Tehillim. And then at 10 to 2, the doors of Rabbi Shaila's cave opens. Or maybe gets pushed open. And in comes running all the shaman. Guys, quick, this is your last chance. We don't know why, but the police just called. They allow us one last shuttle. The lockdown started at 10 o'clock. Anyone found on the street? They were giving out tickets anywhere between $500 to $1,500. And they would take the credit, they'd take either your passport away or some sort of guarantee of payment. Scary when you're in a foreign country. You're under their boot. The shuttle comes up at 2 a.m. It was never planned, it was never scheduled. The police, for some reason, added a blue at 10 to 2, calls the Shimerim and says, We know there are people up there. Give them this last warning. We're sending them one last shuttle. At 2 o'clock, this shuttle shows up. I look at Lee. I look at Teddy. I said, guys, we got way more than we ever imagined. We got a flight. This coming morning, we got to start getting back to the airport. We're at a Budapest at 9 o'clock. We got to be in the airport at 6.30. Let's go. We all made the last round. 
We hugged the Tzion one last time. We cried over Rib Shaila one last time. Les Bakashot. We jumped onto that shuttle and made our way down. They had to walk us across the street from the shuttle to the house of Rabbi Shaila, one at a time. Because if anyone would see more than one person, it would be an eyesore. And the police wouldn't be allowed to let it go. And they'd have to jump on us and start hitting us with the, with the fines. So they made us walk in the darkness of night. I'm telling you, I, th I thought I was living in one of these books that they're, you're, you're escaping Iran under the shadows of night. Or you're escaping, God forbid, the Nazi Germany under the shadow. We were walking across one at a time, not to open eyes. We made it our way to Shaila's house. We had a schnitzel, a little something. We had to send one guy to go get the car. Even when the car came, we had to show we had tickets. And even that, they weren't sure. But the, the Yiddish guy there said to us, just, just, just go, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them. We just drove off. And he jumped in front of the cop and started telling him, no, this is a special group from America. We went in with miracles. We were Mechabel the miracles. And we came back with miracles. Borei Olam says, it's up to you. You be Kovea, what world you live in. If you insist to live in the natural, then you will be held down to only the norm. But if you're ready to close your eyes and say, en od milvado, I don't know how I'm getting there. This makes no sense, no logic on paper. But Boreolam, ani lo yachol, atakol yachol, and I'm relying on only you, Abba. You can do the impossible, you can do anything. I want to be part of your everything and anything. Please get me there. Because he can put you in any makom he wants, at any time he wants, in any which way he wants. Thank you for listening. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.